well. We're recording. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, um, man. Merhaba, Hoşgeldin. Yeah. Welcome uh, to Dizzy for Dizzy. Yes, I'm Kristen. <laughs> I'm Ashley. And we are actually coming to you mostly on time today. I started telling people yesterday that the episode was going to be late and I are wasn't going to make it a surprise. Yeah, I'll probably just <laughs> – yeah, I'm, I'm not going to let people know we recorded. I'm just going to drop it. Um, because people were like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for your episode analysis or I can't oh wait for you gosh. to talk about – well, most – I will tell you. I texted Ashley, you guys, because so many of you were like, you better only be talking about that scene and the Instagram live. And I was like, listen, <laughs> it's no hardship for us to only yeah, focus on a couple a of things. Request. No. <laughs> um, and – so I was like, yeah, I was like, this is kind of nice. Like, Ashley and I just both watched the episode, jotted down some notes, like, but mm-hmm. didn't really do, like, as pause and write this analysis down and pause and write that down. And, you know, it was just kind of stuff to jog our memory so that we can discuss it. But because most of the episode is very easily summarizable. Oh, yeah. Um, and Very much so. Yeah. But I was supposed to be traveling today. I know I've talked about this before. Like my husband works out of state a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when he has long stretches of it, I will go, you know, Jack and I will go out there so that, you know, I don't go three weeks without seeing Jason. Well, all week, Monday, I was supposed I was supposed to leave Monday. It is now Thursday. I was supposed to leave Monday. And then he called me Monday because we're also uh, doing some stuff to our house here in California. And so um, we have like papers and things that need to be signed, but there has to be like a notary present. Mm-hmm. And so there was a bunch of documents we needed to sign on Tuesday. So he was like, I'm just going to drive all the way home tonight. It's And you guys, it's like a four and a half hour drive. I feel so bad for yeah. Um. So he drove all the way home Monday night. So the, the notary came on Tuesday for us to um, sign everything. And then he stayed here Tuesday night and just got up at the crack, crack, crack of dawn mm-hmm. Wednesday, yesterday, and drove back. Then the notary company called me yesterday morning at like 8 a.m. And they were like, we're so sorry. There's one paper that still needs to be signed that just wasn't included yesterday. And I'm like, okay, no problem. I'll come to your office. You don't need to send a notary to me. Like, I'll go do it at the office. And she's like, oh, but only your husband can sign it. It's like his. And I'm like. I maintain that they should have driven to Arizona to get his signature. If it I was know. their fault. I It was absolutely their fault because – they are the ones who sent the people out to – and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I know it's probably not the fault of the immediate person who was calling me. I'm sure she was just doing her job and informing me. Right. But I was like – so, and you know, because of working in customer service for so long, I do my very best to not, you know, get an attitude with the people who actually don't deserve it because right. we've totally. both been on the tail end of that. Yes. But I was like, okay – well, when does this have to be signed by? Because he's now out in Arizona for, you know, the foreseeable future, like the mm-hmm. next several weeks. And it has to be done before we file all the paperwork, which gets filed on the 16th, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? So I'm like, okay, I need to call you back. So I called him, told him what was going on. Thank God his bosses and people were totally understanding. So he drove home again Wednesday to get home by like three o'clock, the the notary person came at four for us to for him. Sorry, not us for him to sign the one paper, and then he so stayed here last night. So I was like, okay, well, then I'll drive out Thursday. I'll you know Ashley and I will record Friday. It's fine. The mm-hmm. episode will be a little bit late, but it's, I'll get everything watched and everything. So I did that. 
He got up at like four this morning and left and then called me at like 930. <laughs> this is right. Out. I texted you as soon as I got off the phone with him. And he's like, I'm probably coming home again. You haven't left yet, have you? And I was like, no, I wasn't planning to leave until like 11 or noon. <clears throat> it was a good thing you hadn't left. At least. I know. I know. And I thought about it. But then I was like, well, now that we're not recording, I'm not going to rush to leave it like super early because mm-hmm. um, I, I won't need to like get to the new house and, you know, set up and everything. So I was like, I'll take – I'll go at a leisurely pace. Well, yeah. <laughs> thank goodness. So he's like, I have to come home again. And I'm like, are you serious? What the heck? But it's for work. So yeah. it's good. Like it's a supply house he has to go to that's closer to our house than the plant he's at. So he'll get to come home in like a work truck and all of that, which is really, really nice. Um, But again, now I'm not traveling today because I'm like, well, I'm not going to drive out there if you're going to come home tonight. That's dumb. Like, I'll just drive out tomorrow, I guess. So I like texted Ashley and I was like, so sorry to switch this on you again. Can we record today? I was like, but we'll have we'll have happy listeners now that it's going to drop pretty much on time. Yep. Seriously. (laughs) So anyway, so thank goodness. I'm glad your work schedule has been more flexible this mm-hmm. week at least for the podcast yeah it's been it hasn't been a bad week which i have been so thankful for i bet because i have shingles you guys oh, i know it makes and me it, hurt every time you say it it's Ugh. like the worst and i've had them before so i'm no stranger to it but oh my gosh that doesn't make it better that just means you no. know what's coming like it almost makes it worse Ugh, mm-hmm. but i'm I'm hoping I'm on the uptick. The only way to describe it, because it's all nerve pain, and the only way to describe it is it's like there are hundreds of tiny little angry fairies pinching my skin. (laughs) That's like – because I'm like, how do you even describe – it's such a specific pain Mm -hmm. because it's nerves. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I know it's related. It's like a sister to the chicken pox, but – Chicken it's the pox same are virus it's, is chicken what it pox is. are itchy. They're like I well, mean I these was are itchy too, but it's like like pinching and itchy and yeah, hot like and chicken pox on steroids. Yeah, because pretty, I was very little, but I do remember having them when I had chicken pox. Oh, me too. And it was yeah. just itchy. It was it drove scratch, yes. You just want to scratch, but yes. it wasn't like deep seated mm-hmm. nerve pain. So yeah. yeah. So the first you just yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to, like, describe (laughs) anymore, (laughs) but uh, I slept pretty well last night. That's the hardest part is sleeping, depending Mm. on where they're at. These are all my upper back, my chest, and my underarm. Mm. Um, So I've just been sleeping on my right side so that I'm not touching any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, I, I, t- I told Kristen, I was like, honestly, I'm really salty about this episode. Uh-huh. And I'm probably even saltier because I'm not feeling well. Uh-huh. And I've been dealing with this all week. So yeah. if I'm just complaining this episode, then you guys hopefully will understand <laughs> where this is all coming from. Honestly, I think a lot of people feel the same way. <laughs> you know, because – like we – I mean, I, I wrote this down as housekeeping to mention. Like, you know, listen, we as a fandom, we knocked it out of the park last week. Like we deserve a pat on the back. Like sure. we tweeted to over 2 million tweets about this show. It right. trended in like 60-some-odd countries. You guys, 
we trended higher than the Super Bowl did the next day. We tweeted more about Senchal Kapama than Super Bowl fans tweeted about the Super Bowl. Like, it, I mean, that's it's pretty a, impressive. Yeah, it really is. So, you know, I think with all that built up and then all even things in the episode that I marked down that we'll talk about, like mm-hmm. that seemed to clearly be leading in a specific direction and then right. it didn't do it didn't happen was like a slap in the face like uh, exactly that you know, to me made it all worse mm-hmm. it 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 felt like the biggest insult yeah it this really whole episode it, it was like they were spitting in our faces yeah. honestly i know i know and it's like you know i read somewhere again i don't Here's the thing. There's like people who have connections and all this stuff and like put all these leaks on Twitter. Some of a lot of them recently have been pretty spot on. So, I mean, I guess they have a reliable source. I try not mm-hmm. to put too much weight in, on them. But one of them specifically had said that they had to tweak certain things because of the new writers coming in and the direction they wanted to go. And um and so I don't know if this was one of those things that they had to tweak or if it was already just planned this way. And I'm talking about the very, like, final scene, you guys, um, where all the buildup of the yellow dress gives us no payoff. Um, yeah, so, I, I totally predicted that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Kristen was there. I was mm-hmm. like, here's what they're probably going to do, Kristen, because mm-hmm. I was already so mad. And I was like, I have no hope for the end of this. Here, they're going to leave us out in the dark with this. Uh-huh. They're going to leave us out in the cold. And what uh-huh. do you know? That's what they did. Yep. So, uh, yeah, like we expected it, but it was also kind of like there was some level that was like expecting us to be wrong. Like, uh, here's what I'm expecting, but I hope they prove us wrong. And then yeah. they didn't. Um, So, you know, it just was like of all the days that we trended and we hit like a record probably for like any DZ, honestly, yeah. was just like a this bit of a garbage bummer. fire of an episode. Yeah. And so, you know, and – I want to point something out too. I know people were complaining that there were not a lot of Ed Sarah scenes. And mm-hmm. listen, I'm with you, but we do have to remember Hande's neck was hurt and she was in a neck brace during this mm-hmm. entire episode. So I think they had to really be careful about how much she was doing and things like that. So mm-hmm. that I'm more willing to excuse yeah Um, yeah just because like well she had an injury and needed to take care of herself it also explains when she's like walking down the stairs the way she's walking because if you notice her she's like holding her head and neck super still as she's descending the stairs um and even in the way like sarkhan picks her up when they're at the camp and she hurts Mm -hmm. her ankle and stuff you can tell like she's trying to keep her neck straight Mm -hmm. um you know so poor girl was like in a brace having to take it off to do the scene be yeah. super careful and hope she doesn't further injure it and then put the neck brace back on between takes. So right. like that, I'm willing to excuse. Um, the rest of it, though, anyways, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, we'll get into. Yeah. Um, so we figured, though, so what we did is I told Ashley, I'm like, listen, we have to talk about that Hong Care Live. So we'll do that at the end so that we end on like a happy note. That's a good idea. <laughs> because those 23 minutes – were to me more valuable than <laughs> basically all of this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> and of course, you know, I think this goes without saying, but we are specifically talking about production and writing. We are not talking about the actors doing an amazing job. We are not, right. talk- you know, any of that. They they kill it in every scene like they do every week. So mm-hmm. 
This is nothing against the hardworking crew who makes sure all the lighting is perfect and the camera guys and the director and Hyundai and Karem. This is purely storyline. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Like specifically, whoever has, yeah, yep. I guess that's the easiest way to put it, the simplest way to put it. I just want to make sure we make that clear that we're not like, you know, we're not bashing on the people that we're here for like no <laughs> at all because yeah. they're doing an excellent job yeah so anyways um and i think that's it how far have you gotten in mirage i keep wanting to ask you that i still, still just- only finished one episode you guys bully her uh, hey hey <laughs> listen i <laughs> i binged 50 meters squared okay well okay. i binged i mean i watched it over like a week but, hey, that still um, counts. That's yeah. like one a day. Yeah, because I was thinking, okay, this is this is a finite number of episodes mm-hmm. for the time being. Mm-hmm. So I'll get through this and then that will give me the opportunity to catch up on Marashla. I have every intention of catching up, <laughs> but like last night I needed to watch this mm-hmm. trash can and then <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I've – what else? Yeah, most of the time with this whole week, I I was watching 50 Meters Squared. What else did I watch? I've also been reading. Um, You're so good. I have not picked up a book in – or my Kindle in well over a week. I still have to finish that. You stop. already finished it. You yes, already finished I did. it. I have to finish <laughs> Love It First. And I – this is the thing. I'm loving it. That I is like, so funny. I like blew I through the first like 62%. And now I'm reading- I'm reading the special arc you lent me, so <gasps> I'm really liking that. Okay, so good. So that's, that's why I've waited because I was like, mm-hmm. I really want to finish this book. Yeah. So No, no, no. Definitely I'm, finish it. I'm choosing, I'm choosing book right now <laughs> instead I, Honestly, of I don't blame you. I have been choosing DZs for months now, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really am like, I need to finish that book because it comes out. And since I got the advanced copy, At I'm like, I need to post a review. That. And I yes. will because I love Clay Kayborn. Kate Clayborn. Kate Clayborn. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a it's not a hardship to read her books oh, no, at, all. at all. And I think that's why I'm like, because I know if I pick it up, I'm just gonna read the last half of it and not yeah. do anything else. Like, I'm just okay. gonna binge the last half of it. So I'm like, I need to do it. I'm not gonna want to put it back down because mm-hmm. I read the first sixty two percent like in one sitting. Okay. So I'm like, I just need to finish it so that I can review it yeah. um, and stuff. But I started because I finished Sheriff Messi Alessi a couple weeks ago with Miriam, and now right. I've started her absolute all time favorite DZ Hayat Sharkissa okay. life song. And it is, oh my gosh. She's like a, the lead is like an anti heroine. Like, oh. she's so diet. I don't know if anti heroine is too much, but she's definitely more anti heroine right now than she is heroine. And she's so diabolical. Like, Ooh, I love that. Uh-huh. Like Ooh. And and I love it because I'm only three episodes in. Uh-huh. And well, not even I'm almost done with episode three. I was like falling asleep last night. It was like two in the morning. So I was like, okay, just shut it off. So 
I'm almost done with episode three. But already, I love it because you get these flashbacks to like the characters' childhoods and their pasts. So you don't just hear about what's making them who they are. Okay. You're getting to see what has made them who they are. Okay. So you start to understand more like yes. why oh my she gosh. is the way she this is. This is why you need to read Throne of Freaking Glass <laughs> because Selena Sardothian is such a gray, complex character. Mm-hmm. And I know how you love characters like that. I do. I do. You and oh, you know what? She, like I so love many her times, so much. And so many. I think what I really love too is that it's the heroine because so many times yes. it's the hero. Like in yes. Sia Baez Ash, you know, it's Fairhot. Yes. Yeah. And I and will say in emo, most, of, but same yeah, it, same difference. In so many books, it's the hero uh-huh. who is. Which don't get me wrong, I love Mia Gray area hero i love you know all that but it is refreshing to see it in the heroine mm-hmm. and so yeah i'm like really loving julia and then you're seeing the background and you're like okay i understand your motivations yes. and why you are and then you're like oh my gosh she's so smart uh-huh. look at how uh yes much of, look how tough she is look how much of a badass yes like all this yes stuff. Yeah. yes yeah. yes absolutely so that's like my for fun DZ that I, you know, don't have to like take yes. notes or anything like that on. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing that. Plus Marashla I'm caught up on. So I've been watching that. Okay. Like Marashla has been like this great reprieve from Senchal Kapama because <laughs> yeah. while there is a romance budding, it is not even close to being the main story. Right. So yes, you're invested in it. Mm-hmm. But like if it doesn't work out, like, there's so many other things and plots and people to, like, be engaged with that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's not going to be the end oh, of the totally. world. So I lo- it's, like, got enough of the romance budding that, you know, it feeds my romance-loving heart. But mm-hmm. it's, like, suspenseful and you don't know who you can trust episode by episode. Mm. And, like, and it's got this very, like, born identity feel to it. Yeah. Um, and so – I'm loving that because that ha- that airs on Mondays. I don't usually get to watch live, but I'll watch like Monday night or like Tuesday. I'll split watching the episode between like Monday night when subs come out and then the rest on Tuesday. Okay. So it's like this nice good midweek reprieve before I have to watch the Essential Kapama episode for the podcast and like take yeah. notes and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because yeah, th- this show – Thursdays and Fridays have turned into my fun DZ watching day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So – yeah, I love it. So it's just like a good – it stresses me out in a better way right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it stresses yes. me out in a like, oh, my gosh, I have to know this way, not in a like, oh, my gosh, what are they going to continue doing to my heart way? And like, for me, the the angst lover to even say that, it's like right. so much. So anyways, um, all that to be said. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So now that we've flapped our jaws for nearly 20 minutes, um, we can – dive into well there's not much to dive into but we can yeah we can wade into the kiddie pool of this episode (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm, is right so let's let's wrap up two storylines to begin with let's talk about the triple a storyline and then let's talk about uh pearl and oh oh, pearl and ingen pearl and ingen and jerifer okay so the triple A's are at it again with ridiculousness. Um, Idon is still acting like a child and doesn't want to tell anybody about her relationship with Alex because I fair. now 
Oh, good lord. See? See? Now how you... much I don't even care. Well, and also you understand why <laughs> Alex texted the wrong woman because... Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I... You know, Alex, whatever. Who yeah. who even cares? Listen, guys. <laughs> Listen, I don't think she has a chance with Alex. She does not. Alex no. accidentally texts her instead of iFair for a date, so it gives uh-huh. her hope. Alex is sick of hiding their relationship, so... Yes, at the end of the I episode, at the launch party, he sets it straight and basically tells Idon, actually, I'm with iFair. We're in love. We've been together for a while. Mm-hmm. The end. Yes. And iFair still has not told Edda Mm-mm. or any no. of the Kuzlar. So mm-hmm. that has yet to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, next. Uh, next, Angan and, and Pearl. Pearl. Okay, first of all, <laughs> um, the fact that Sarkon was like giving Angan relationship advice <laughs> Sarkon, Mudbrain, Bolot, yeah, who can't even handle what he's got going on right now. No, is like Ingen, reverse psychology. Her just pretend like you don't want kids at all, and then that will make her realize that she does want them. Okay, number one, as someone who does not want children, that does not work. <laughs> that only that then- works on children. Uh huh. <laughs> but not grown women. <laughs> no, that just says like, oh, good, someone in the same state of frame of mind as me. And then when their reverse psychology doesn't work, you have a lot of relationship problems later oh, because, yeah. like, children wanting them or not is not a tiny thing in a relationship. Also, so, probably uh, something that should have been discussed before you put the rings uh-huh. on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that, mm-hmm. and then the fact that Angan is taking advice from muddled brain Serkan mm-hmm. does not bode well for him. No, even though he's actually the only one giving Serkan good advice this whole episode. Yes, again, God, ble- God again, bless doing him. well for others, but not doing great for himself, as is per usual with Angan. Yeah. He's one of the very few uncancelled characters on oh, this yeah. show. Like, oh yeah. Speaking yeah. of cancelled characters, really quickly. Um, there is an article someone wrote. Her name is Edda. And she wrote like, oh, chef's kiss. I feel like she very clearly laid out like what so many of us are feeling about mm. how we love this show and we love these characters. Mm-hmm. And it's why we maybe have some very extreme reactions to things that are happening. Oh, yeah. Um, And she – the article is called uh, 10 Ways to Ruin a Good Show. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it – honestly, I think she wrote it really – she just – I feel like she just really laid out how a lot of us are feeling because mm-hmm. um, she's not – she's not trashing it, but she is saying like, listen, these are problems and these are issues and these are yeah. why. Um, while she acknowledges that money is the main thing, but it does mm-hmm. – you know, you can still make money while also, you know – Honoring the characters. Inte- yeah, integrity of the story and the characters yeah. and things like that. So – um. I I did retweet it yesterday, but um, maybe I'll attach a link to it when I post on all of our social medias because I just feel like it was a really good article. And not everyone's mm. going to agree with it, and that's okay because mm-hmm. you know what? Some storylines are things that people love. So this is by no means – if you are, like, loving this storyline, if you are, like, all about every aspect of this, 
Right. Honestly, I'm really, really happy for you because I I love when a show is going exactly the way that you like expect or want it to go. Oh, totally. So if that's the case for you, this is not us ba- like bagging on that like at all because there yeah, were times in there can have their own opinions and yeah, and there were times in like the teens that I was like, oh my gosh, loving this angst sure. after they broke up, and most people were like super frustrated and upset with it. Right. Um. So yeah, you know. Anyways, but I'll attach a link to that article just because I was like, wow, this was – this, like, laid it out, I think, really well. So hmm, – That's good Anyways. Um, so Angan and Pearl, he tries to reverse psychology her, <laughs> but it doesn't go well, of course. They have all these run-ins. There's a run-in with the baby, and Angan's trying to pretend that he doesn't like babies. And Pearl's like, great. Now she thinks that he never, ever, ever wants to have a baby. And she's like, I never said never, but cool. <laughs> and then we find out at the end that she's actually – pregnant so yeah you get little telltale signs she yeah, gets like, sick she's emotional she she's, wants to eat everything in sight yeah so and then it ends up that they actually are having a baby yeah so um i do want to just say i don't know if this was shade or not but in case it was i do want to acknowledge it because when he when she finally tells him that she's pregnant and he's like mm-hmm. with a baby and she's like no with a cat like i cackled because a few weeks back the rom-com that we are basically in competition with on saturdays Mm -hmm. had a storyline where the woman gave birth to a cat and what (laughs) Uh and a lot of people were like why didn't artuk find that because like how does that like not represent like how does that represent family values? Because we got fined, we got fined for the shower and bathtub scenes officially yesterday. Oh, of course. So of course people were like, you know, because they're saying it tears down the family structure and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of course people went into rampages about like, but why is rape and violence and all of that okay? You know, mm-hmm. which you know those are excellent questions. Mm-hmm. Um, because while I think it is important, like okay, you know, we want to be culturally um, sensitive to. A way of life that maybe isn't like ours where, right. you know, sex is freely aired on screen here mm-hmm. in many various forms. Um, but so it's not – it's not even the fact that like, okay, we don't really show that on TV here. That part I'm fine with. What I'm not fine with is what is okay to show on screen when this isn't okay. Yeah, it's, it's highly selective. Right. Yeah. yeah. And violence is perfectly acceptable mm-hmm. according to their – Standards, standards right uh-huh. our yeah. took standards mm-hmm. is what i should say yes but um yeah kissing mm-hmm. why would you kiss anybody ever and if- shoot them instead <laughs> right exactly <laughs> exactly so anyway so anyway. people were like yeah so then it just i was like i wonder if that was like slight shade at I that. mean, maybe. Or if it was just because they were getting ready to adopt a cat. And so right. it was more so along the lines like, of that. You're not a not a cat, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I took it as. So yeah. I didn't I didn't know any of the background. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. I've got all the chai, I've got all the chai <laughs> for you. Um and then should we talk about Jer Fair? Yeah, we can. I mean, I we mean might as well. Yeah. It's all mixed in but Mm -hmm. it's all the same anyway Mm -hmm. because jaren's character gets fully assassinated in this episode and uh, i know i was like i i started calling her jaren the jerk because i'm like i don't know who she is this is this the evil twin trope that Uh has suddenly popped up out of nowhere Mm -hmm. where this 
wonderful sweet because is suddenly acting really mean to yeah. everybody around her mm-hmm. except for Denise. So it's just I, – I had a really hard time. Me too. With – her whole storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, Melissa I'm, did a great job. Yes, she did. Absolutely. So props to her. But watching it was really hard. I agree. Because here's the thing. I am totally fine with the whole, like, oh, he's someone she actually had a crush on for a really long time. And now that sure. he's back, it's like causing some kind of like maybe confusion. Mm-hmm. But we have been building – and I think I said this last week, but we've been building Jaren and Ferry since episode 12 mm-hmm. when she helps him with that panic attack. And sorry. Uh, so example number one, she helps him out of a panic attack after mm-hmm. he realizes that his ne- then fiance is still in love with her ex. Mm-hmm. So she mm-hmm. truly, truly knows that Ferry is done with Celine. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for her to be acting this jealous and this irrational when she has been there since the beginning of the unraveling of his relationship. Right. She is one person who has been on the front lines with all of it mm-hmm. and has seen everything from the very start where he mm-hmm. started to realize, like, crap, who is, who is this woman I'm marrying? Does she even love me? Mm-hmm. And he was still loyal to her. Mm-hmm. And so why... What I don't understand is why Jaren, theoretically, would not think that he would be just as loyal to her after everything has happened and after Mm -hmm. Celine is so clearly, you know, strung up on Serkan. Mm -hmm. Like, even if she had the slightest doubt in Ferit's feelings, Mm -hmm. it's so obvious that Celine only has eyes for Serkan. Yep. I I just (laughs) – I like I don't even I, I don't even know what to say. I'm like yep. this doesn't make any sense to her character. It doesn't make any sense to the storyline. It doesn't make any sense to who Ferry is, to what we've seen the three of them go through with Celine and everything. Well, and why how many love triangles do oh we need in gosh, this show? Let's list them, shall we? Mm, go for Let's it. See. Please. The first one is Edda Sercon Celine, which that mm-hmm. one we get because it's kind of the crux of the show. Of course. Especially at the beginning. Okay. Edda Serkan Celine. That's one. Celine Ferry Serkan. That's two. Okay. Jaren Engen Perol. Mm-hmm. That's three. Mm-hmm. Um, this is tiny, but I'm gonna count it. Melo, Tahir, Layla. Okay. Okay. Ifair, Alex, Idon. How many mm-hmm. is that now? Five? Six? Something like that. I wasn't even counting. Uh-huh. Um, then we have Celine. Edda, Sercon 2.0. Uh-huh. Don't forget Balja. Balja, mm-hmm. uh, Sercon, Edda. Uh, let's see, who else? Now, Jaren, Denise, Edda. Mm-hmm. How and I, I stopped counting. Sercon, Edda, Denise. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Is this the only thing that they know to to do in a storyline is this the only way that they know how to cause conflict mm -hmm. because i I mean i you know we could hop on zoom and have a little chat i could give Mm -hmm. them some ideas if they need it i know i i just oh you forgot about prince uh semen oh yeah (laughs) the sperm king Uh uh-huh sperm Um, king totally forgot about him yeah semen Mm sarkon edda edda Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like that's 
I swear I just listed off at least 10. Like uh-huh. I lost count and I'm not I'll, I'm not going to go back and count now. But okay. Well, and how many of those have been since the writer change? That would also be a very interesting statistic. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> from Balja I mean, on, because Balja was introduced yeah. when they first started writing those mm-hmm. first two episodes. And then um, Alex didn't Alex came after Bal- Balja, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, in person, in person, yeah, in person, which yeah, is the tr- when the AAA that, started. Yes, the triangle didn't start until after that because it was just mm-hmm. her and him kind of flirting on Instagram and stuff. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Sorry, you guys. Like, there's going to be a lot of salt and petty sprinkled all over this episode. Yep. So, I hope yeah. those are spices that you're okay with. Because, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, that's just one thing. I was like, uh, how many love triangles have we had now? Or yeah. I don't even know if – just triangles. They're not even all love triangles. But right. um, so anyways, um, yeah. So basically, Jaren's character is assassinated. I'm – you know, I am happy for Sitare leaving if she got a better role on Ramo because she's – or Ramo. Mm-hmm. Her music's been featured there before and now like she's in the show. I'm very happy for her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I – but she was part of the Kuzlar and now she's a piece that's missing. Right. So there's already only three of them left. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to tear apart, like, this lifelong female friendship. Like, I was mm-hmm. telling Ruby yesterday, I was chatting with her about this specific thing about the Kislar, because that's one of the hardest things for me, too. Yeah. And because I'm sitting here like, okay, you and I have been friends for 20-some-odd years. We've known each other even longer, but legitimately probably really started being friends, like, in middle school, because that's when we actually started going to school together. Yes. That um, sounds right. You know, like we knew each other from church growing up, but we didn't spend a ton of time together outside of that. Like, right. you know, um, so like since we were like 12. Okay, mm-hmm. that's 22 years of like solid friendship. How mm-hmm. many times have you and I fought over a guy? Never. Not Literally once. never. <laughs> now, yes, have we warned each other about bad yes. relationship choices? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. As we should have because we uh-huh. were both right in those corresponding situations. Correct. I was Correct. right about yours. You were right about mine. Like, okay. Yep. But it wasn't because I wanted the guy you were with. It wasn't no. because you wanted the guy I was with. It was because no. you're actually my friend and care about me and you're like, red flag, red flag. <laughs> like, you're wearing rose-colored glasses and I'm not, so let me tell you. Uh-huh. And, you know, same with same with me for you. Yeah. So I'm like, guess what? That's not real. Yes. Do girls fight over guys? Yes, they do. It wouldn't be a trope. It wouldn't be a cliche if it wasn't a thing that happened. Right. But sorry, like we've been friends about as long as they all have and I just don't buy it. Like, mm-hmm. well, and that's and what's going to like tear them apart. And not that – Girls don't have those tense moments in friendships where you oh, uh-huh. maybe blow up a little bit. I mean, you and I were roommates, so that mm-hmm. absolutely happened. Yeah. And probably more often than it would have if we never lived together. Mm-hmm. But um, just – so so that wasn't necessarily something that I couldn't buy into. It was the whole reason behind it and mm-hmm. it was the whole lead up into it because – it was just like a switch flipped in Jaren. Yes. And suddenly she was angry. Uh-huh. And she was blaming everybody. Mm-hmm. And it and after and and suddenly she was convinced that Farit is still hung up on Celine. When and then they gave us this cheap 
Ugh, this is like when it, like in a novel when like one of the main because cheating is usually a pretty hard line for me. Like in especially oh, if it's yeah. done by the hero or heroine in mm-hmm. the novel. And like there was a book I read where the heroine winds up cheating on her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, you could have very easily broken up with him, like mm-hmm. before before this happened, and the story still would would have been even better in the person she winds up with it would have enriched the story even more in my opinion had she not Mm. cheated on her boyfriend well then of course like 20 pages later we find out that the boyfriend has been like cheating on her the whole time and all this other stuff so you're then you're like oh well it's okay you know it's like you find Mm. a way to justify it because he's a total jerk but that just felt like a cheap plot device later. Like, right. oh, let's justify this cheating. Like, let's mm-hmm. – And by making him even worse. And I felt like there was a tiny taste of that because when Federi is telling Angen that they broke up, he's like, well, yeah, Celine and I broke up. Like, he has a slip of the tongue and says Celine instead of Juran. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, is that supposed to be your way of convincing us that he really does have Celine on the brain? Like, I don't buy it. Yeah, me either. He – Oh, he just is justice for furry. He like he said, he's a lightning rod for women who are hung up on other men. Mm-hmm. And I feel so bad for him because he is nothing but a sweet baby angel. He's never mm-hmm. had nefarious intentions. I mean, I know we were suspicious of him at first because we just didn't know enough about him. Right. But that never came to be anything. No, not at all. He and doesn't deserve any of this. No, he doesn't. And the fact that he is the only one. Oh, another thing that's pissing me off. The only one who is genuinely telling Celine the truth. Like, are, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah. you're not only un- – I, I mean, other it. than Edda. Edda's well, like, yeah, by Edda, the way, what are you going to do with your poor heart when he finally remembers me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but for me, it's like, number one, you're estimate, underestimating Edda. And number two, right. you're grossly underestimating Serkan's love for Edda. Yep. Like, he has said that so much to her. Like mm-hmm. – and, like, make wise choices and all this yeah. stuff. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, yep. it, he's the only one. And, honestly, he's the one with the least amount of reason to do this. Because Edda oh, and Serkan totally. played a huge part in tearing up his relationship with Celine, Which, yep. obviously, was a good thing in the end because Celine yes. was hung up. Regardless of whether Edda and Serkan faked their relationship, Celine was clearly hung up on Serkan still. So, it would have yes. been a mistake to marry her. But – you know, these two played an active role in, like, m- making that happen. Right. Um. So if anyone would be like, oh, well, they're getting what they deserve because of what they – it would be him. Yeah. Like, and he's not. No. And so – which is, just makes him he even more no of a sweet baby angel. He has no malice the two of them. No. Exactly. He doesn't blame them at all. And he's trying to help everybody. Yeah. He's trying to help Ada and Serkan. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to help Celine. It's like against all odds, Ferry mm-hmm. is still this great guy, mm-hmm. and then he's just treated like garbage. I know. In this whole episode. I know. He's it's like the, he doesn't even do anything wrong. No, he's the, Os- he's the Osman. Well, I I was telling Kristen, I was like, he's he feels like the Duren of yeah. this show to me. Where yeah. it was like at the end. When all else was – when everything was ending, I was like, justice for Duren. Like, she mm-hmm. has o- – like, of course, at the beginning, right. her motivations were different. And she, right. she had a big character development, which was wonderful. And Farid didn't start out bad or any – or, you know, quote, bad mm-hmm. or with these nefarious intentions or anything like that. So I feel like it's even worse for Farid because mm-hmm. he – 
has gone through all of this crap and mm-hmm. you really thought that because of the background that he and Jaren share that's kind of similar, they mm-hmm. really connected in this specific way that she wouldn't have been able to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly this is just being ripped apart. Yeah. So yep. I like I again, like you already said, you know, sure, bring in Denise and have it be a little bit of a conflict and mm-hmm. to where she's maybe kind of confused. Right. And needs to make a decision. Like Right. Because how nice would that be? Because this is also listen, I love a pining hero. I love mm-hmm. a pining heroine. So it's not that I'm against a storyline like that, but sometimes, sometimes. They are not everything you've built them up to be because you've been Mm -hmm. pining for so long. So how refreshing would it be for, yes, this to be a bit of a conflict and then for her Mm -hmm. to realize, you know what, like those came rushing back because they were feelings of nostalgia, this and that, and I love him, but not in that way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then that's resolved and we can move on. It can just be a tiny bit of a conflict. Right, and that could be a way to make hers and Farid's relationship stronger, mm-hmm. where they're both, you know, they they both at this point have had. I mean, he's having an ex introduced, but you you could say they're they're both in this episode. They have ex um, loves yeah. introduced, yeah. So that could really could have been used as a way to strengthen their relationship yeah. together and mm-hmm. to strengthen that bond. Yeah. But that's not the choice that they made for their storyline. And it just really sucks. Yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. Honestly, and I was saying to um I was chatting a little bit with that girl Edda last night mm-hmm. who wrote that article. And I said, here's my thing. I just what I really want is for and again, I know I've, we've said this a bunch of times now, like where I think production has way more of a hand in mm. pushing where the plot needs to go, like telling the writers, well, this is – we need this conflict and we need that conflict, so write it. Mm-hmm. Now, I am – yes, I have my preferences. But if it was coming across that the writers were writing something that they truly believed in, even if it's not my favorite trope, even if it's not my favorite plot device – if it felt like this is something – they're writing this from their heart. This is like they were clearly inspired by this. Right. That would come across. Yes. And it, it'd be easier to digest. hmm Which is, you know, I think that's what made even – you know, because as much as I love to think so, Aisha's not perfect either. No. But what no writer made, is perfect. No. But what made things – like when she did stuff maybe that's like, wait, why are we going this route or why are we that – I think what made it for me and probably for you more digestible is mm-hmm. I this story is coming from her heart. Like mm-hmm. and like she's putting she's putting like so much um passion into this mm-hmm. that I'm like I'm willing to roll with the the parts that the I'm like punches. Eh. Yeah. yeah, because I feel like it's all headed somewhere. Mm-hmm. This just feels like they're trying to do whatever they need to to make production happy and it kind of makes me feel bad for the writers because it's right. like Right. Do they how do they even get a chance to really flex like their own brainstorming and ideas? Right, and where or, they tr- truly want the story to go, right? Or is it just dance monkey dance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so it feels like they're juggling too much. Yes, and and they're 
they're in danger of dropping a ball at any second. And yes. so they're doing their absolute best to just keep it all up in the air. It doesn't uh-huh. feel like this has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I I think that we would we would I think you're right. I think we would feel that if there was a purpose, mm-hmm. if there was a true story, they were like, Okay, no, but this is what we want to do with this couple. This is what mm-hmm. we want to do with this story. Right. Cause it just feels like it's totally gone off the rails now. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've lost control and they're just floundering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, you know, at, and it's just so interesting because it's like all this stuff hit the fan. Of course, after last week when we're like, we're just going to like, <laughs> we're just going to be happy and <laughs> this and that. And I was like, wow, that lasted two whole days where I was like, I'm not even going to stress about this stuff. I'm just going to go with where this is going. But then it was like, everything went so crazy. And I was like, of course, this happened right after I made of that course, declaration. Of course. Now, I, what gives me some crossed finger hope is that these writers are two women. So I'm like, so are are you going to make sure like our women stay or go back to being like the strong people they were and we know they are? Like, please, please, please. I know. Um, I'm at a point where I don't even – want to make predictions Uh i don't i don't even want to have any expectations Mm -hmm. because i'm truly scared (laughs) like like i'm i I just feel as if it can only get worse from here that's how i feel Uh i'm totally serious i'm so scared that I, i i feel as if we have the top of the hill was way back there Mm -hmm. and we're only rolling down and we're (laughs) only rolling down faster and faster. (laughs) Guys, I am not optimistic right now, so I really (laughs) hope you can deal with that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It just feels, you know, I I do feel as if you and I have have been pretty optimistic this Mm -hmm. whole series Mm -hmm. and We've kind of been the cheerleaders <laughs> through it all. <laughs> Listen, we even defended Sarkon letting Balja in the house in episode 22 when everyone else was like, he would never do that. Right. We were like, "Listen, he would." And that was written by different writers, and yeah. we still defended it. Do you and- see how open-minded we are? <laughs> The most unbelievable thing was him eating pizza, if you recall. That was our thing. Is like, actually, the most unbelievable thing is that he was going to order and eat pizza because he got two plates, which means he was intending on eating pizza. But, you know, we were like, listen, no, he would let someone in like that. Like, and here's the situation and here's why we think that. Mm -hmm. So, you know. But I'm (laughs) – Go ahead. Well, no, I'm just – like, so, yeah, I feel like – We've kind of earned the right to 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 finally be. crap all over it <laughs> when it when when it really is like what the heck is going on? Not just because we're trying to be nitpicky or you know right, whatever, right? Um, yeah, because it's like, and I think like a lot of us at this point now, we're so far in, we're invested. Like I know we can't stop now. We're super <laughs> invested. We love not only do we love Honda and Karem, we love Edda and Serkan. Yes. We love the story we fall in love with. We love yes. and while I do believe that we have to keep in mind that, you know, we've said this before, like you can't recapture, you can't fully recapture early episode magic because no. the relationship between the two characters has progressed. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, 
I love I love parallels. I love them. But I think we also need to be careful that we're not just copy pasting because copy and pasting is not the mm-hmm. same as making a parallel to something Correct. in an older episode. Um, yeah. you know, and and a lot of the things that they've been referring back to, I appreciate them keeping it in the storyline. Like, you know what? Honestly, I liked the lemon water thing. Um, I oh, liked yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It did not feel like a copy paste. It wasn't like, no. oh, she's teaching him all over again. We're just copying and pasting it from that episode. No, it was actually just ingrained knowledge he already had that he doesn't know why. Right. Um, And so I appreciated actually how they did that. Mm-hmm. I didn't love the whole carrying thing because that just fell super flat. Like there was just a lot of things where I'm like, okay, you did all this stuff. That's clearly supposed to jog something. Mm-hmm. But then like we'd get no payoff. Like there wasn't any sort of flashback to him carrying her in ep- right. at the end of episode five. And um, and like all this buildup with the yellow dress. That's the only consistent thing he's been flashing to. And then the fact that Melo's the one that's like, hey, for the launch, mm-hmm. wear the yellow dress. I'm telling mm-hmm. – and because we all – we we've waxed poetic now pretty much every episode – about Melo and her Aniche and their special yes. bond. Yeah. So the fact that it was Melo who picked out this dress, how perfect would it have been if uh-huh. that was like the final click piece in the puzzle Yeah. that makes everything come rushing back to him Uh-huh. and like Melo had a hand in it because he's her Aniche and he – you know what I mean? Like – Yeah. So then I, when that didn't pay off, like, he felt something. I know that. Because he is distracted course. the whole time. Once he gets to the launch, he's super distracted. He we stares at her. moment with his heartbeat. Yes. He's grabbing his chest. Mm-hmm. She's walking down the stairs. He's clearly feeling something because even when that um, lady is congratulating him on the launch, the client, yes. and congratulating him on his engagement when I'm like, but you literally thought he and Edda were engaged three days I ago. Know wouldn't you be like that's weird three days later you're engaged to celine no she's just like congrats um and even then when she's like oh it's a beautiful ring and this and that he's like kind of commenting but he's super distracted Uh uh-huh um so clearly like something is stirring and i Mm -hmm. and i am glad for that but we hardly ever get to see when something is stirring we don't really get to see the same thing it's always the same shot with just a little tiny bit more Mm -hmm. of uh, Edda's face being mm-hmm. shown or a little bit more of her hair. Mm-hmm. It's just, it totally, and I tweeted my little mm-hmm. meme that I made because yes. it truly felt like, like this episode was a dangling carrot. Mm-hmm. And because we see Serkan, we see all of these little slight recognitions, all of these tiny little moments that indicate, oh, he's he's getting a little bit more. Oh, mm-hmm. he's maybe confused right now because mm-hmm. he's having some sort of vague recollection. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he clearly recognizes this, but he doesn't know why. We get the globe. We get the two of them yelling, I hate you, Circumbolat. Mm-hmm. But we the feeling never, is mutual. We didn't get we like get, one flash to the steps. We didn't get one flash to the first time they said they hated each other. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it made him pause. But then mm-hmm. it's like, but we don't even see the tiniest like flash of those little moments. And it's like, wh- why? Mm-hmm. Why? Yep. We get the flash with the 
one of the only scenes we're going to go over where he's because of her hair and they turn mm-hmm. around and he's thinking of the yellow dress. We get the flash with the, not not a flash, but, you know, a little dangling carrot with the lemon. And mm-hmm. we get it's there are all these things. Mm-hmm. And then so it's like this build, 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 build. And then the end is just zero payoff. Mm-hmm. Zero payoff. Because yeah. I – and all I was thinking when the yellow dress was happening and, of course, the yellow dress, you know, it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Everybody's really hopeful. You're like – you're thinking this is it. This is going to be the one thing. They kissed when she was wearing that dress. They had all these mm-hmm. epic moments when she was wearing that yellow dress. Yeah, the necklace, the magic trick. Yes. Uh, obviously, They're the first like crazy spark. Together. The dance. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. St- looking at the stars, he puts his jacket on her and they yes. have that moment where he freaks out because the next day he's like, oh, we're getting too close and I don't let people close. Like, yes. Which then led to him seeking her out and going on that walk with Sirius and like apologizing and making it right and – Exp- mm-hmm. uh, explaining more about himself and opening up a little bit like that yellow dress has you're right it's opened up so many things it was a pivotal piece of their relationship and the symbolism with it, it bringing it back could have really truly been utilized in an amazing way mm-hmm. and then they were just like Okay, just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't worry. He doesn't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, it was, and I think that's why this episode was so upsetting mm-hmm. was because you're hopeful, you're hopeful, you're hopeful, you're hopeful. Everything seems to be building towards something. And you're like, fine, I can deal with the AAA. Fine, I can deal with Jaren acting super weird and <laughs> hostile out of nowhere. <laughs> because, oh, it seems like Serkan is actually going to remember this episode. Yeah. And then it's just, pleh, right. nothing. <laughs> they, they were like, we're just going to spit right in your face. And he's not only not going to remember anything, but Edda's going to pretend to be engaged to somebody else. Now, here's where I will give them credit with that particular thing. It's very Edda to do something impulsive like that. Sure. Where she's like, oh, he doesn't remember me? Fine. Did you mean what you meant? Well, you would help me? Well, here's what we're going to do then. We're going to announce our fake engagement. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that is a very Edda thing. Her impulsivity has like pretty much led us to a lot of things that have happened in this show. Totally. From the first episode. From the very first. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, So it's not that I was mad about that. But they still could have implemented that. Yeah. And, but had him, had Serkan have all the memories, we see them flying into his head, and then him being like, I have to tell her, and then she comes down the stairs, they announce their engagement, and boom, end of episode. Chris, see, this is, <laughs> yes, yes, this is why <laughs> I was just pointing at Chris and the whole time she was saying that, like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Like, there is a way to do it. There is a, mm-hmm. an okay way to where we don't all just have blue balls now because right. we've had all of this buildup. And mm-hmm. then we're like, ah! And yeah. then nothing goes. Yep. Yep. It's the worst kind of torture. Yeah. It really That's is. That's why it just felt like an insult. It felt like a slap in the face. Yep. We well, even and get then, freaking Apollo. I know. I just. I know. I know. Well, okay. So this. 
Yeah. So if the scene had gone that way, where he we see all the memories flying back into his brain, we see this quick fast forward of all these flashes where it's very obvious to us he's remembering everything. Uh-huh. And then the scene plays out how it played out. Um, that would have still ended just fine with Celine being the only moron clapping and happy and excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, and whatnot. Then we still have the conflict of – because here's where I could see it going from there. Mm-hmm. Sarah Khan being like ha- having a full grasp and understanding on what Ed has been through now. Right. How he treated her, which isn't his fault really. Like, you know what I mean? Right. But still, but you he's, know he's still going to feel really bad. He's going to have that guilt. So then spending all of next episode being like, okay, well, if she really did find happiness with this man who's been here for her in my absence – Who am I? Like, look at everything I've put her through. Who am I then to go and try to wreck it again by being like, hey, now I remember. Mm. (laughs) Now I – you know what I mean? Like, it could have been this whole, like, uh, like, uh, fight with himself next episode Mm -hmm. where not only does he, um, you know, he could also be planning something really awful for Celine because then he's also going to realize just how – diabolical diabolical she is and how much she was gaslighting and manipulating him Mm -hmm. um you know he could be planning her demise while also being like what do i do about edda because like this you know because he's gonna realize this person was here for her he was helping search for me all over the country Mm -hmm. that they thought i was missing in so it would make sense then like well maybe and their childhood friends so maybe something really sparked because they bonded over this really traumatic thing and so you know what if she can find an ounce of happiness with him after everything i've done to her even though like we said it wouldn't we know it's not all his fault but knowing sarakhan he's not gonna gonna say how sarakhan would that be for him to then be utterly racked with guilt exactly i mean he already is seemingly dealing with guilt with he 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 says in that scene, mm-hmm. you know, I know that you've also had a year taken from you too. Right. So we we know that that hasn't changed about mm-hmm. Sarkhan the the sense of blaming himself and mm-hmm. not feeling that he's worth anything and and de- and struggling with that. So that would make total sense for him yeah. to be so wrecked with guilt and thinking, well, I don't even deserve Edda. Look at what she's gone through, mm-hmm. all this stuff. So that would totally makes sense mm-hmm. yeah and still have conflict and things to work through in another episode like mm-hmm. have have story and plot to work through mm-hmm. um but anyways that's not how it went you guys <laughs> as you no, all know so you know uh yeah did we go through everybody else's side drama now i think so okay so i just want to other I just than wanna... Erdem being crazy, trying to get a raise, and right. then living with uh, the, yeah. the Yoldas. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just – I want to talk about the whole him and Celine engagement thing because over the course of the episode, okay, obviously it opens with him proposing to her while staring at Edda the entire uh-huh. time. Yeah. Every girl's dream to be proposed to while a man is staring at another woman. And then on top of that, the reason being – him actually saying, I want to just clear up confusion, so Celine, will you marry me? Like, mm-hmm. and then, of course, because she has no self-respect left whatsoever, she's like, save Gilim, of course. <laughs> and she says, yes. Then at one point she does ask him, because Edda 
because Edda does have self-respect, mm-hmm. is like, not that this means anything to you, but I'm not keeping this after what happened last night and gives yeah. him back the ring, which also affects him in some way that he can't figure out why. Right. Because he very carefully puts it away in a wooden box. Yep. He doesn't, he doesn't toss it away. Nope. Yeah. He doesn't cast it aside or hand it to Layla to be like, hey, can you go return this to the jeweler mm-hmm. or whatever. And even Celine sees him carefully putting it back in the box. Mm-hmm. Then he has somebody come to him to buy a ring. Now, can we compare and contrast, please? Because this is just so fun. <laughs> when this is a, quote, real engagement between him and Celine, okay? Uh-huh. And he literally used the words, let's not prolong this. Let's just get this over with when picking out the ring. Yeah. Because Ed does like, uh, do you know your fiance? Because yeah. she likes big and ostentatious, ostentatious and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um. And she even – and I swear this was another, like, shade thing because she's like, let me show you what it looks like on a finger. And she puts it on her middle finger and is, like, uh-huh. showing him. And part of me was like, I wonder if that was on purpose. You know, because she's showing these big, gaudy, very showy, flashy rings. Yes. And he's like, uh, no, something much more simple. And she's like, did you lose your taste and style, like, because with your memory? Because this makes no sense. Because – Edda did pick out a very simple small ring for her uh-huh. fake engagement to him back in episode two. Mm-hmm. And um, he was so offended by it mm-hmm. that he called this like one of a kind fancy bougie jeweler to come. Yep. And he like painstakingly picked out uh-huh. a this magnolia ring. Mm-hmm. It's a magnolia flower pink diamond ring. And, and, you guys, Edda has never had to put that ring on for herself. He nope. puts it on her finger in that episode. He puts it back on her in episode nine when she forgives him and, for thinking that she was working with Khan. And mm-hmm. he's like, and you're not leaving, right? And he puts it on her finger again. He mm-hmm. puts it on her finger again in episode 28, is it? 27? Whatever. When you know, she proposes to him. He puts mm-hmm. the ring back on her finger. Yeah, she doesn't do it herself. She has never had to put on her engagement ring when it has come to their fake or real engagements, okay? Well, and the fact that the the ring that he just out of nowhere chose, mm-hmm. now it's Jack's turn. Yes, it is. <laughs> the fact that uh, the ring that he, you know, he didn't even bother to go to a jeweler with when he was picking out the fake engagement ring after uh, Edda chooses the tiny one that he's so offended about, he takes her to the jewelry store and they both go and they're in this fancy place and uh, they're looking at all the high class, super high quality jewelry. Oh, and that person didn't come to his office? They were no, actually- they <gasps> went to an office together. They went to an office together. Oh, this Sarkon my gosh. couldn't even be bothered to leave the office. Not only could he not be bothered to leave the office, but he just grabs one of them and it ends up being this little cute petite ring, mm-hmm. which is the utter opposite of the ring that Celine would pick Edna. out. Or and that Celine, that would, Celine pick would pick out. Pick yeah. out. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah, they went to a jewelry yeah. store. <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes it even better. Oh uh-huh. my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So for some reason, I just thought they were like in his upstairs office and that guy came to him. But no, you're right. They like went to a bougie, rich people. Yeah, he's like, like no, you're coming with me right now. Oh we're my- returning that and you're coming with me. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love this even more. So then 
when he does eventually give it to her, because mm-hmm. Celine kind of saw the tail end of it, so she knows he, like, got a ring, which she right. then tries to hint about until he gives it to her. What does he do? When they're getting ready for the launch, he pulls it out of his pocket, <laughs> and he literally says, Celine, I want you to wear this. <laughs> and he then again reiterates that he wants the confusion to be cleared up. Uh-huh. Not because he loves her, not because any of that. And she hands her the thing and she takes it out and, and puts, puts it, on, it herself. on herself. Okay. And he gives her the ring right after he's like, well, I don't think we need to rush into making wedding plans. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, we, you know, the the media still thinks I'm engaged to Edda, so we need to move slowly on this. And she's like, of course, no rush. But of course, she's like, well, Upset. even though there's – well, and she even is like, everyone's texting congratulations. You know, maybe we should set a date, even if it's far in the future, just so that we have a date to tell people, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, all this stuff, right? And I'm like, the magnitude of difference. Oh, like 100%. Is so laughable and just mm-hmm. makes it even more like delicious that she has sunk to this level of pathetic uh-huh like i don't even think that there's really a word for the kind of pathetic she is because it's like yeah you i, I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i had to compare the whole ring things because it was oh, just totally. so good and then um not you ashley but ashley on twitter mm-hmm. uh by a effing cool on Twitter, she she tweeted like, "I wish Celine would choke and die on her engagement ring, but it's too little. <laughs> like she can't even choke on it because it's so little." <laughs> oh, that's good. And I just loved that so much because oh I was gosh. like, "Oh, it's just yes." So yeah, I had to absolutely compare that because oh, totally. it just was yeah. So um, the most pivotal scene of this episode um Mm. is definitely well let's actually just chat about the hilarious clothes throwing scene first because (laughs) that was just good comedic ed sarah bickering and the best best gif in the world came from that because at the end of their argument when he's like and she's like Uh, uh and they make those faces oh my gosh i totally gift that i was like it was I was like, too I need good. It, it was so good. So I was like, that is a gift because that's going to be so useful. I love it. Uh huh. Um, so I did love that because, you know, she's like, he's, of course, like, Ingen, did you send me to the right house? Like, yeah. and he's like, yeah, why? And he's like, because Ed is asleep in my bed. And she's like, well, she's like, like b- before, before you say, before we get into Edda coming out, mm-hmm. I have to just give Angan props because he's like, well, go lay down with her. Yes. <laughs> like, you're probably tired too. Why don't you go lay down next to her? Ang- like I said, Angan and Melo are essentially, and Fedri are like the only uncanceled people. Yeah. Safi, I feel like, is just, I'm not mad at him at all. I just feel like the writers have forgot that he's anything except Idon's manservant. Right. Like, yeah. Because he he's could, all distracted with Idon right now. Right. Because he could be feeding Sarakon all kinds of information. Like, mm-hmm. listen, dude. Like, mm-hmm. here's what she did for your mom. Here's this. Here's that. Like, well, he and could, back at the beginning, Safi is the one who gave him an attitude after he was such a jerk to Eda. Yep. And he's like, no, I'm mad at you. Exactly. <laughs> you want to exactly. do that? Do it yourself, Sarakon mm-hmm. Bay. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, Anyways, uh, yeah, so he's – I'm just like the writers need to give him more. I'm yeah. not mad at him. He hasn't done anything, but it's because he nothing's been written for him other than just doing Idon's bidding. Right. You know, Idon's canceled for all the reasons we already know. Yeah. 
Um, she can't even properly throw Ed Sarah together at a camping trip because he brings Celine uh with him. Yeah. But um which then does actually lead to a this scene was done so perfectly, mm-hmm. so emotionally, so well. Even even in the Hong Care Live, they brought that scene up. Like we done yes. we done a scene unlike we've ever done before. And even Hyundai was like, we're getting emotional even bringing it up. Like they they clearly felt a big way about this scene. I felt mm-hmm. a very big way about this scene. Yeah. And um it gave me like it gave me like angst reminiscent of like episodes 10 and 11, like mm-hmm. you know. Um and you cuz you really see for the first time like Sarakon being affected by all of this other than just like his heart clenching for no reason that he doesn't understand right. and things like that like you see tears forming in his eyes you see him really trying yeah um and but then you know um at first i was mad because after all of this you're like okay something has to change now and then mm-hmm. nothing does he's back to being his cold distant self the next day at work mm-hmm. and all of that and I was mad about that, and I still am, but it is a little more understandable because Celine basically manipulates him that night because she's like, listen, yes, you are starting to treat me like you did before. Mm-hmm. You're starting to fall into your old ways where you made mistakes, which, of course, we know is his biggest fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got Zuzu and Jack today. And so she entirely manipulates him because she basically is like, listen – I've been here for you this whole time. I've supported you. I've um, I've helped you through all of this. But I'm not the old Celine either. And I'm not going to put up with basically you being indifferent to me or you starting to yes. distance yourself from me, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I could understand the fear that would probably instill in him that the only yeah. familiar thing to him is going to not be there. Mm-hmm. Um which I also think is what leads to him being like, I want you to wear this. Like, oh, I better right. solidify this engagement so she doesn't go anywhere. Yes. Not because he actually loves her. Because, again, God bless Ferry. He's like, has Sir Khan actually said he wants to marry you because mm-hmm. he loves you? Has he has said he the words, I love you? Has he told you that he loves you? Uh-huh. uh-huh. God bless him. Because, no, he has not. And Celine can't say anything to that. So, you know, I was like, okay, I understood it a little more. Yeah. Because, um, you know, he – he didn't quite remember. I mean, he was having muscle memory and little flashes, but it wasn't enough, you know, to bring back his entire memory. So, of course, he's not going to jump ship from this consistent familiar thing right. to explore that more with Edda when, for all he knows right now, still, she was a mistake he made. Like, uh-huh. and he's going to fall back into that trap. So. Right. She was seemingly a huge mistake that he made. Right. Yeah. And even though he's starting to question that clearly, Mm -hmm. he's clearly starting to question that, it's not enough for him to be able to, like, take off his security blanket, basically. Right. Um, And Celine knows that, and she used that and manipulated him. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so then I was like, okay, I guess I get the more, like, coldness (laughs) um, the next day and like the clinical treatment at the office or it's like right. you know back and I'm like what the heck they just had this really charged emotional not just moment but like mm-hmm. uh evening like you know cuz this happened over the course of like three different scenes this whole entire interaction um and yeah so I do understand more now why 
there wasn't like this big shift between them after that. But right. I still didn't I still didn't love that there wasn't a big shift between them after that. Right. Well, and it's interesting because the whole clothes throwing scene, I I know that the this the moment at the resort was mm-hmm. obviously really the big moment of the episode. Yes. But you know, having the bickering Ed Sarah moments, those also feel really important to me. Yeah. Oh, because absolutely. that those were that was really the first way that they learned to communicate with each uh-huh. other as a couple. Uh-huh. And it was the way that ha- having those charged moments mm-hmm. where they're telling each other that they hate each other. It it almost became kind of their love language in a, yeah. in a way right. where they were uh, expressing how much they didn't necessarily hate each other uh-huh. by the end of it. Well, and how many times has she said that? She says it in episode 12, I believe, mm-hmm. when he's trying to get her to reciprocate after he confesses feelings. And yes. she jokingly says, "She, I hate you, Sarah Kambola. And he's like, oh, you're so sweet. She says it again when after they have their jealousy, you know, charged evening mm-hmm. and before, you know, before she leaves the next morning, she leans down and kisses his like cheek and says, you know, I hate you, Sir Kambolot. No one can touch you but me. Right. So, yeah, you're totally right that – well, and it almost makes sense that, you know, like you said, it's you see this pattern with Mudbrain Sercon, mm-hmm. with Amnesia Sercon, where he's having these moments with Eda and he immediately, because he's confused, he goes right to Celine. Mm-hmm. So it, he's clinging to what he does, what he's saying, you know, is comfortable. He does mm-hmm. remember it's the only thing that feels safe for him at the moment. Right. So it makes sense because that that's right after that happens mm-hmm. is when Aidan recommends he go off to the resort mm-hmm. and he's like okay great I'll tell Celine mm-hmm. and of course Aidan is like oh crap but it makes sense that he would want to go with Celine because mm-hmm. he's like he's probably thinking I'm confused if I'm just mm-hmm. by myself I'm going to feel even worse I need to have Celine there so mm-hmm. that I don't feel bad and so she's kind of his security blanket at the moment right so it's just so interesting that that is kind of the way he seems to be dealing with mm-hmm. those charged moments with mm-hmm. him and Edda because mm-hmm. you know after that that um, clothes throwing scene mm-hmm. with her where they're yelling at each other, mm-hmm. you know he was totally turned on by that uh-huh. and he was probably so upset and confused uh-huh. like, uh-huh. why is she so hot to me right uh-huh. now? <laughs> uh-huh. Why am I so attracted to her after she just told me that I hate her? That she, that hates, she hates me? me. Yep. So, you know, and and again, again, this is the stuff where it felt just like a slap in the face at the uh-huh. end because because of you're, no payoff. You're fully mm-hmm. expecting a payoff. Right. Yeah. Yep. All signs were pointing towards a payoff right. at the end mm-hmm. and just the one big flash and suddenly it's all there. Mm-hmm. And it would have, in my opinion, it would have completely changed the whole episode mm-hmm. if that was how it ended. I agree. I agree. Because again, we also get we're going to come up on that fireplace scene. But when they do all get to the resort, it's discovered like, oh, now we realize why Idon suggested he come here because, you know, she's trying to push Edser together, which I'm like, yeah, not enough, Idon. You're not forgiven. You sending your son to the same camp as Edda is not enough of you trying to fix what you did. Like, right. it's just not. And so um, I, I like um, – 
I told, I wrote, you know, uh, I was frustrated with that. But it's interesting that when we get there, when we get there, it makes not much sense. But he's clearly got some jealous vibes towards Denise because he's like, oh, Denise, you know, where have you been these last, you know, few years? And it's almost like he kind of knows Denise has a thing for Edda Mm -hmm. because he's like, oh, well, I understand why you were gone for three years. And even Denise is like, oh, well, enlighten me. Why was I gone for three years other than just I felt like it? And he's like, well, you were either running from something or someone. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because Serkan notes their interaction and their closeness clearly has some type of issue with it, even if he doesn't understand why, because he gets kind of salty with him. And, you know, even is like, um, uh, what was one of the other things he said? Like when he's implying like, oh, so you just didn't work? And he's like, listen, you're not going to shame me about my job because I don't really care about that. So yeah, I took whatever jobs I could find, you know? Um, So yeah, like all this stuff where – where you're like, okay, Serkan, like something in you, something in you is jealous. Something in you is wants to get under this guy's skin, but you still don't know why. Like mm-hmm. you can't quite figure out why, but you want to get under his skin. So yeah, we were given these breadcrumbs and these, you know. Right. And things. So, you know, eventually, like I said, it leads to this whole thing. Um, you know, he carries Edda back as she twists her ankle while she's gathering wood and um mm-hmm. winds up calling Serkan a log which is a which is something you call like a dense man in Turkish thank you Miriam mm-hmm. um so it's this whole wordplay and he carries her back to the camp but then like nothing really comes of that um you know and so eventually though that night uh, they both wind up in like the main lobby room whatever where the fire is going and there's books and things like that and Edda pulls, um, Edda pulls Madonna in a fur coat. And, um, you know, he's like, oh, good book. And she's like, oh, you remember it? And he's like, well, I read it in high school. And that's when she realizes that, you know, it's not that he actually remembers the book. Um, right. It's that he just remembers having read it in high school. It wasn't um, – it wasn't that he remembers it from more recently. So, right. you know – and again, I appreciated that because that book has been very pivotal. So I thought it was mm-hmm. brought back in a in a very good way. Um, and so, you know, he's like, he basically says, um, you know, can we, let's see, where's my notes for this since we've been kind of jumping all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so he basically says, you know, can we please talk? Like without arguing, without this, can we just like sit and have a conversation? Which this is the first time he's really initiated that. And wanted that. Um, and so, you know, she cautiously agrees and mm-hmm. goes and sits with him. And he, she hands him the book, basically like, well, maybe you should read it. And maybe it'll help jog some of your memory. Right. And so, you know, he reads the he reads a portion that we've heard read on the show before where he says, you know, if, co- if coincidence hadn't brought you before me, I would go the same way, but without any clue about anything. Mm-hmm. You taught me that there is a different kind of life in the world. You taught me that I have a soul too. And what he says after this kills me because he says, as I read it, um, he, you know, basically is like, I wish it was, I wish it was like this. Like, 
Um, I wish it was this easy. Like, as I read it, I'm starting to remember the whole story. Like, he just read that excerpt of Madonna in a fur coat. And he, you know, the whole book, reading the whole book kind of comes back to him. He remembers the story, things like that. And so he basically says, um, you know, it's like reading a, I wish everything was like this, like reading a book I've forgotten. Because as I just read this small portion, I start Mm -hmm. to remember the whole story. Right. And she's like, do you even want to remember, though? Which is a good question because he has not – he's basically – he's stated like, hey, this is who I was. This is who I remember being. The last year didn't happen for me. It doesn't exist. And we need to just be logical about this. That's what he's been saying like the last two episodes. So for her to be like, well, do you even want to remember? I'm like, good for you. I'm glad you asked that because nothing until now has indicated that he has a desire to even try to put together what has happened over the last year. Exactly. Other other than his moments of confusion and things like that where he's like, oh, like I'm still muddled here and I still wish I could settle these things in my brain. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like he's in a rush to want to remember these things. But right. he's now been hearing so many things from so many people that he does trust that, um, you know, he – I think it's finally starting to sink in that maybe he should start exploring that because then he says to her, well, who would actually want to forget the uh, the last year of their life? <laughs> right. And she says, but you did. And mm-hmm. and she says, and the writings of our story have been erased. And he says, but you remember. And then, oh, Ed, uh, right here. Mm-hmm. And she says, sometimes I wish I had been the one who forgot. But then I changed my mind. And he says, why? She says, because forgetting and remembering, they're both hard. There are so many good memories that we've lived. It would be painful to not have those, like – And so he, you know, and I agree because she's like, despite all of this breaking me, like (laughs) we had all these beautiful moments and I don't want to forget those either. And so he says, could you tell me one of them? And she says, no, Serkan, I gave up on trying to make you recall the past. And he says, Edda, I'm curious about you, which is the Mm. first time he's actually showing and saying that. That was a big, uh, not omission. What am I saying? Admission. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes. Uh, that was a big admission for yes. him yep. in this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. And so he says, I want to get to know you. This love that everyone's talking about, how it was, I, I want to know. And she says, I don't even know where to start. Mm. And he says, well, what comes to your mind first? And at this point, we know Celine is eavesdropping. Mm-hmm. And uh, Edda takes a minute to gather herself and looks over at this photo, which kind of reminds her of the night they had in Antalya mm-hmm. at Apollo's temple. And so she doesn't tell him a story about her and Serkan, but she does uh-huh. tell him a story she has told him that very much does apply to them. Yes. And so um, do you have this? I do. So she just retells it. She says, Apollo, one day he saw an outstandingly beautiful woman by the side of a river. And at this point, Celine walks in and mm-hmm. she sees the two of them talking. Obviously, she's not going to be happy about this. So mm-hmm. she walks out, but nobody cares about Celine. So let's nope. move on. And uh, Apollo falls in love with this woman. Then he tells her, Tell me your name, princess. And, and I love this- that we're, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just flash. Uh, right back to them at the temple. Mm-hmm. So, um, we get to see this original moment again, which is mm-hmm. beautiful. So she says, then the woman says, I'm not a princess, I'm just a human. 
But Apollo is so taken by her that he decides to marry her. And he tries to convince this woman. He tries, he tries, he tries. Mm -hmm. And then the woman finally is convinced. But at the last moment, Apollo remembers that he's immortal. And that this woman will get old. She'll pass away from this world. And in order to not upset her, he says, please just wait for me. I'll come back one day. And then he leaves. And then we flash to <laughs> Sarkhan leaving. Uh-huh. Yes. Saying that he'll be right back. I'll return immediately. You'll, you'll blink and then I'll be back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then them saying I love you for the seemingly last time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, then she continues with her story. The woman waited and waited and waited. And she never gives up hope that he will return Mm -hmm. as she's waiting one day she turned into a sunflower and then sarah khan has a little moment of clarity Mm -hmm. and he says of course apollo is the god of the sun and edda is kind of shocked because he Mm -hmm. says uh she took the chance of burning by looking Mm -hmm. and she just kind of looks at him because (sighs) of this recognition Mm -hmm. So we switch over to Jiren and Denise, and then um, we get our final little stretch mm-hmm. of Edser. And oh, because at this point, Jiren and Federit are broken up, broken up, and fully she broken up. Basically, mm-hmm. confesses that she's always had these feelings for Denise. They aren't just childhood feelings. Blah blah blah. And Denise smartly is like, "You're emotional right now," which normally I hate when a man says that to a woman. Uh-huh. But the fact of the matter is she is emotional right now. She did literally just break up with uh, her boyfriend. And so he's like, I don't think we should talk about this right now. He doesn't want to complicate their friendship. And so he just kind of like nopes on out of there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and then we flash back to Ed and Sirkon, Yeah, mm-hmm. for our final stretch of this scene. Yeah. And he is – this is so cute. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is the cutest that – that little mud brain Sarkhan uh-huh. has been because he's like, this was a nice night. I really enjoyed it. Stars and mythology. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was just that. I was like, this is, you're adorable, Sarkhan. I know. I know. <laughs> and poor Edda's like, yeah, it was nice. But, you know, you can see the hurt in her face because mm-hmm. she's thinking, yes, it was nice. Too bad. You don't remember it. Exactly. The original one anyways. Yeah. Right. And she says, but of course, our star has fallen and it doesn't shine anymore. And Serkan is can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he's starting to get emotional and mm-hmm. he doesn't really understand why. Mm-hmm. And he says, why not? And then Who Do You Love starts playing. Mm-hmm. And then the lights go out. Uh-huh. And Edda, is she turning to leave? Well, she gets up, I think, just because the lights go out. And so it's kind of like, oh, what's happening? And he right. is like, Edda. Uh-huh. And, and it's dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, he grabs – that's when he grabs her hand. He grabs her hand and – we just have this whole – it's basically muscle memory taking over. Yes. Because she turns to leave. He kind of grabs her. But it puts them in the same position that they've been in a couple of times, both with the yellow dress mm-hmm. um, from from the end of episode two and also with the wedding uh, before he left. He's behind her 
And it's the mm-hmm. and so we start to see flashes of both of those things where he's moved her hair in episode two and his hand goes up to her hair. Um, same thing when he did that when he kissed mm-hmm. her uh, before he left for the wedding because he kind of sweeps the hair out of her face and gives her a cheek kiss from behind. Mm-hmm. So it's like this really intense and Ed is just trying to hold still because it's it seems like this is um uh a breakthrough. Um, so she is just standing there letting him touch her arm and stroke her hair and letting his hands kind of explore her. Yeah. And she turns around to face him mm-hmm. and is like – and she says – she doesn't ask. She says, he's got tears in his eyes. She's got uh-huh. tears in her eyes. And she says, you remember. Mm-hmm. And – but he's looking at her. He's super emotional. And this is where I'm like, it really feels like he desperately wishes he did remember. Right. But he slightly – shakes. he just doesn't. No. Yeah. He just barely shakes his head. And – but she says it again. She's like – Almost like denial, like no, you right. remember because like you're you're doing things that you did, you mm-hmm. know, before. And he still has these like unshed tears mm-hmm. that are just welling up in his eyes. Meanwhile, she's like ready to break and she's just desperate and says, Please, please say you remember. Yeah. And then the lights turn back on and he's trying. You can tell he's trying. It's but, like he's frozen. Like yep. he's he's caught in this not memory and he's caught with he's caught in his muscle memory mm-hmm. and he probably is thinking, you know, this feels right. Right. Mm-hmm. This feels familiar like I need to remember. The, uh-huh. But there's just nothing coming. Yep. And Ada at that point realizes just kind of realizes and the and tears she, spill out of her uh-huh. eyes finally yep and then she just backs away yeah and then walks out and you can't blame her because yeah. she let herself hope mm-hmm. she let not just hope but actually like because she doesn't ask at first like i said she says you remember so mm-hmm. she has this moment of relief of you know just mm-hmm. for it to again get snatched away very quickly just seconds later so you know of course she's clearly upset she's scolding herself as she returns to the other part of the bungalow jaren's there in the dark so that's when we have their whole blow up where jaren completely eviscerates the rest of her character by calling edda selfish and how everything Mm -hmm. revolves around her yada yada i'm going through stuff too we're going through stuff too you you know it just is a big ugly thing yeah that brings the guys in Ed is like, whatever, I'm out. And then Jaren's like, get out! And like chases Denise <laughs> yeah. and, and ferried out too. And then she's all alone to sulk again. Right. Um, this is when Celine gaslights Sarakon, which we kind of already talked about, where she basically yep. is like, you know, we already went over this about why it's understandable that he complies and mm-hmm. then kind of shifts back to his kind of robot self the next day because, you know, he can't lose this familiar thing. Then right. why, he, why he gives her the ring. Um, that she has to put on herself. I just can't reiterate that enough. Um, and so, it's so satisfying. It is so satisfying. This is in an all, episode full of blue balls. This was uh-huh, so satisfying. Uh-huh. And so, at this point too, it's worth mentioning that somehow it's gotten out to the media. Gee, oh, I wonder. Somehow, even though Celine would never do anything like that without Sarkon's permission. Yep. Please. And also, the fact – this annoyed me because I'm like, no. Edda knows better too. 
She's yeah, Edda like, wouldn't say that. No, Edda she would not have said that. how malevolent Celine is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that girl would do just about whatever she mm-hmm, wishes when mm-hmm. it comes to her relationship with Serkan. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Yeah, I didn't love that. But I did love that because she was the one that was like, well, I don't think she'd risk that now that she has him back. And Melo's like, uh, God bless Melo. Melo deserves Honestly. the entire world. Have we mentioned her really this episode? Because she deserves everything. Yeah. We mentioned her with the yellow dress. But. So, yes. Throughout this, the last few episodes, mm-hmm. I mean, she's always been this way, but specifically really and truly through 29 and 30, mm-hmm. she has been hopeful, but the voice mm-hmm. of reason. She's known exactly when to call Edda out and when mm-hmm. to just let her feel her feelings. Yeah. She, like... She's not losing hope, even though she's like, yes, I'm mad at this version of him, but also I know him. And mm-hmm. like my Anishte is going to be so upset when all of this, you know, comes flooding back to him. And we just get a continuation of that where she is just like, no, Celine, she's a blonde snake. She will do all of mm-hmm. these things. You know, she released this. You know, she's doing that to further separate and put distance between you guys. Plus, she's the one who talks sense into Jaren and is like, look, I understand mm-hmm. you're dealing with this, but you need to talk to Edda and you guys need to let bygones be bygones mm-hmm. and you need to tell her about your feelings for Denise. Yes. So she seems like the only solid anchor in the yes. show at this mm-hmm. point. It's true. She it's really like is. She's the lifeline that we're all hanging Clinging on to. Clinging to. Yep. She absolutely is. Because, you know, again, she's like – Edda will hug you and be happy for you yes. about this, you know, like again, yeah. speaking mm-hmm. reasons, speaking mm-hmm. logic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, so then we uh let's see. Um, is there anything I else know, worth mentioning before the, the party? Big thing no, is the party. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we eventually get to the launch party. Jaren st- Jaren at this point has apologized to Edda in the cafe earlier, like yes, apologized they made for- up. They made up. She owned her actions and things like that. But then it totally gets undone because you can tell by the end of this episode she's all pissed. But it's like, well, this is why Melo told you to stop beating around the bush and just tell Edda. Because mm-hmm. I fully 100% believe Edda would not be asking Denise to flaunt around a fake engagement if she knew one of her best friends has serious feelings for him. I just totally. don't think she'd do that. No. But – as far as she knows, that's not the case. Right. She doesn't she know no that Denise idea. has feelings for her because, again, I also believe she wouldn't ask him to do something like that because she knows it would confuse him. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's just asking her friend who has been there for her since Serkan disappeared to then further help her in her impulsive plan. You mm-hmm. know? So by the end of that episode, Jaren's all stink face again. And you can just tell it's not going to go well. Like, it's not going to bode well for next episode. So, um, you know, we already talked about Queen Melo with her dress idea and why this would have been entirely beautiful. And so, you know, they're all waiting around for Serkan to show up. He, quote, shows up and walks up. And honestly, I'm glad this wasn't real because, sorry, this is the most anticlimactic way for him to remember. And, like... Sorry, you owe her a lot more than that. Not just I know. like I remember like, everything and I love you. We didn't get to see it. We didn't get to see it. Remember anything? And I need to see. That's I, how I knew it wasn't real. And like, I need to we see, didn't see him. Any flashes. I need to see him pissed as hell and like ready to wring Celine's neck. Like you know what I mean? 
oh, yeah. No, like, we need another version of him going to her house just to tell her off. Uh-huh. And maybe even more dynamic oh, than that. absolutely more dynamic take, than that. I will take him throwing her off the side of a building. <laughs> yeah. We need episode 20 yells, I never loved you, but on steroids. Like, yeah. so anyway, yeah. so yeah, this was all indicating that it wasn't real um, because it was way too understated of a moment for something oh, yeah. like this. Um, you know, but of course, this is just all happening in Edda's headcanon. And, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, I love you. Of course, I, you know, because I said that if I was, you know, entered this world a hundred times, I would fall in love with you each and every time, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. They share a kiss. But of course, it's just Edda daydreaming as she's wa- yeah. watching the entrance, waiting for him to show up, which he then eventually does with Celine. Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of gone over that. Celine purposely flaunts her ring. When she's like, oh, it's my fault. We're late. I just took forever to get ready. But I love this. I don't even know if Celine caught this, but Edda's like, oh, so you gave her the ring. Nice. Like, to make Uh it clear that she was present for the purchase of this ring and she knew about this ring. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if Celine caught that, but I definitely caught Edda (laughs) being like, oh, so you gave it to her. Um, So, you know, then, of course, we have his whole heart chest grab, which we kind of talked about earlier um his whole thing when she first walks down the stairs the way he's staring at her and super distracted after that uh-huh all the way up to the whole fake engagement announcement where he's then like oh crap he has this panicked look but again mm-hmm. we don't really know why because you know it's just muscle memory at this point because right. obviously things didn't come f- flooding back to him mm-hmm. um and you know that's how the episode ends so yeah like I know you said you're, like, not really wanting to do predictions and stuff, but my thing is, like, okay, so is this is this their catalyst for him this coming episode to be, like, okay, I need to try to remember and piece this together because I keep having these um, not, not opposite, conflicting feelings, mm-hmm. um, you know, where it's, like, okay, he knows Celine, he knows she's familiar, but his heart and his soul and his emotions keep mm-hmm. having these, like, visceral reactions to certain things with edda yeah and to be like i need to know why even if it was a mistake even if i have to know why i need to settle this and so if we get an episode of him like basically trying to chase her and like chase down his memory chase down his memory um then i will slightly excuse what happened Mm. this episode at the end i don't it my thing, my biggest thing though, is if he wasn't going to remember, they shouldn't have brought the yellow dress in. She should have just worn something else and had it was him affected. Too big of a tell. It yes. was too big of a callback. Yes. Yep. It was too big of a symbol mm-hmm. for them to bring it in. They it was like they brought in their biggest guns uh-huh. and then didn't fire a single thing. Nope. That's, so yeah, if this had yeah. all played out with her in a different dress, sure, I still wouldn't have loved it because I want him to get his memory back, mm-hmm. but. I wouldn't have been as upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then with him, let's just say they are going to go into this whole, okay, he's going to really try to chase down his memories. And so he's mm-hmm. going to do what he can. Um, Especially because now there's going to be a time crunch for him because as far as he knows, she's engaged. So mm-hmm. like if he's going to do anything, he better do it now before she's married forever right. and he's married forever and then he gets his memories back or whatever. So, right. um, but then they should have, they should have waited and had her wear the yellow dress for whenever they do have him planned to remember. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I agree. I agree. I mean, and and it's it's like they pulled their ace too quickly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's because that would have been the dress mm-hmm. if if it were going to be anything. Mm-hmm. And I know that the whole ring is coming back in the form of a necklace next episode, oh, which it, I it am better. It better just <laughs> be that he bought the matching necklace for her and not turn which I know it's probably not and not turned the ring into a necklace because any other ring on her finger it's going to feel like a slap in the face it's going to feel like the drone proposal in EK with the stupid random diamond ring that means nothing so like i part of me's like okay i i still love the fact that um he's hung up enough on it that he went and had it turned into another piece of jewelry because he's still putting far more thought into this piece of jewelry for Edda than he's ever put into for Celine. So clearly the fact that even if he does, he did have it removed and turned into a necklace and that's the play they're going with. Um, I still love the fact that he is putting way more thought and effort into something for her than he ever has with Celine. Because, you yeah. know, what he says in the fragment is like, I know you've had a year stolen from you and I can't give that back, but clearly this ring held some type of – this ring held a big part of that. This ring had all this meaning with it and so at least I can give that back to you. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I love that part of it, but I'm just like going to be brokenhearted that the ring got – turned into something else and that it's not going to then be whatever ring she wears when they get back together like the only way they could fix it if that if it is truly turned into a necklace is if he just has the same ring redesigned for right. her once it's time for them to get back together mm-hmm. and be engaged again yeah that is the only acceptable <laughs> substitute I if agree. he truly took the ring and changed it mm-hmm. to a necklace yeah Yep. So yeah. I, yeah, I just have to laugh at the fact that I'm like, you're still making all this effort for her, but you had oh, to yeah. suffer through picking out a ring for Celine that you just wanted to get it over with. Mm-hmm. But yet that ring was burning a hole in that wooden box you put it in and you still had to do something about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's like the, that was the biggest thing for me out of both the fragments. That and the fact that again, our Queen Melo locks Celine. Oh my gosh! I can't <laughs> in wait her to office. See I, I now who, who do you Queen think opens? Mello. Who do you think opens up the door for her? Well, she looks super shocked. So I'm assuming it's gonna be like I'm like who? I don't know. Part of me thinks it's Edda. Um, I, I would want it to be Edda so badly because for her to have Just, that face, I mm-hmm. feel like. It would have to be Edda or she opens it and sees what would be truly beautiful is mm-hmm. if she opened it and in front of the door, Edda and Serkan were making out. Yeah! <laughs> that would truly cause that look on her face. Imagine. But I don't know. Because don't know. everyone on Twitter, all the all those accounts that share like, you know, quote spoilers are saying mm-hmm. it's Jaren. But here's what I don't get about that. It doesn't bo- – because. Everyone's basically like, Jaren's going to start helping Celine, But I'm like, but why? It doesn't bode well for her because that only keeps Denise and Edda, quote, fake together longer. 
Yeah. And that. and unless they're just going to continually even further eviscerate her character and have it make no sense, but she's now all of a sudden going to help oh Celine because she's just so sick of Edda being the center of attention. Um, I hope like I said, those are just these are like these random Twitter accounts that are like in Italian and Air and Arabic right. and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm like I don't know that I buy that it's Jaren unless unless it's Jaren faking helping her like Mm. like basically like well i'm sick of this too blah 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 but really it's to double cross celine yeah um i i don't know but i'm like yeah because like i said her look the look on her face yeah unless yeah and maybe it is jaren but jaren is bringing her out to see Edda and Sarkon together so, or something yeah, like something. that. You know what I mean? Yep. Where it's still a means to an end. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. So, so I'm like, okay, so that's according to, like I said, these random online spoilers. But yeah. what if it's not her, then I'm like, who else could it be? Like Yeah, nobody is on Cillian's side. I mean, enough of them are not really saying enough to her. Where it's like, are you on her side? But, I mean, I know we're not, but it's like, you right. know. Um, yeah. So, I'm like, I'm really curious who it winds up being opening the door for her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, here's to <laughs> all my fingers being crossed that the end of this episode sparks something in Sarkon to be like, okay, I need to try to chase down mm-hmm. these memories. Like, yeah, because why am I overcome with jealousy yes, at this right, moment? <laughs> right. Yes. Why I am must, I even why am I even affected? Yep. <laughs> like why am I even affected by this at all? Like exactly. if I truly really if no part of me remembers her, why am I so affected by this news? Cuz he's clearly affected right. by the engagement news. So uh-huh. um yeah. Anyways, yeah. this is also well, the week 30. that the new writing duo starts for yeah. 31 and they've knows? never written a rom-com. <laughs> they've only written death and destruction and drama so yeah so maybe celine will die <laughs> that's what i said i was like hey we're like we need to look at the bright side of this they might have a really truly poetic justice type of ending for this woman oh my gosh. because they've had plenty of practice at <laughs> that so um yeah or maybe they're like hey we're i was like maybe here's a here's the optimistic side of me maybe they're like listen we're really tired of writing depressing stuff and we have all these ideas for like really fun romantic stuff. Can we stretch those really wings? Happy go lucky. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Uh-huh. So maybe they're like, we want a chance to stretch those wings because we never get to write that for the shows we've worked on before. Um, oh my gosh. I yeah. can't wait to see what words we're eating next week. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What are we going to come back and eat? Oh, quick question before we chat about that adorable life. Um, what would it take for you to forgive Idon? Can she be forgiven at this point? If she were the one pulling the trigger on Celine, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> like the actual, like an actual trigger kills her dead. <laughs> I hate Celine so much. Oh, big same. Big, big I same. I mean. Yeah, she is so selfish, man. That's she, just the one that I really she, can't she, like, get over. Ripped mm-hmm. it all apart mm-hmm. by not 
telling it, uh, uh-huh. and then this whole episode, she doesn't even care. She just, yes, she seemingly is trying to quote help Sarah mm-hmm. Khan and Ed get into p- close proximity, right? But she is only caring about herself, yeah. The entire rest of the episode, yeah. the fact that she's not like tortured over what she did to Edda once no, Edda found out all. is like not. So that's why I'm like. What would it take to forgive her? Because she's pretty much canceled forever in my book. Um, she would have to really be the author of the whole them of Sarah Con remembering mm-hmm. of them getting back together. She would need to be behind all of it for yeah. me to forgive her. And she Celine's downfall. Really, mm-hmm. Yep, she would need to have a part in all of those little pieces because she she hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I yeah. it would take a lot for me. I was to just curious because she's the one. I mean, yeah, I'm not happy with Jaren right now, but we can still fix Jaren. Like she totally. can come to her senses and be like, "Whoa, I was being really crazy." Yeah, um, she could be like, "Sorry, I was hormonal, guys. I didn't really mean anything that I said." Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, I'm like, I don't know. Like they really ruined Idon for me, so I was just curious, like if you maybe had a idea of what would bring her redemption um yeah so anyways guys that's 31 mm-hmm. so let's end on 30? a happy that's 30 oh gosh yeah you know i've said that i've done that <laughs> twice now not i i posted something yesterday about quote episode 31 and i was like oh i have to delete that because i meant episode 30 um anyways so yeah sorry that it wasn't as lively as typical <laughs> i mean uh, yeah, it wasn't all sunshine and flowers this week, but I no. think everybody knows that. Yeah. So it, um, it happens. But the one good thing we did get out of our two million tweets was that cute and adorable and loud, oh loud, loud Instagram live. Honestly. Like, listen, we've been saying from the get-go, you guys, that of course, like, you know, we ship it. They're adorable. But really, when it comes down to it, we just want them both happy, whether if that's just their really close co-stars. They just and, got, you know. you know, we recognize it's none of our business. Uh, totally. A hundred percent. Yes. This is all just speculation for our little shipping hearts. It's none of our yes. business. If we're right or wrong about any of this, it has no bearing on what they do with their lives. Totally. Anything. Because that's all their rights. Yep. However... <laughs> these two <laughs> these two <laughs> basically what we got was a 23 minute flirt session <laughs> oh my gosh yes. and him singing her praises any chance he got <gasps> like uh, i know come I know. on i mean i know i mean and you know listen i know you have to sit close to each other to fit on that phone screen Right. And to be fair, you know, if they're best friends or something, mm-hmm. that's totally cool. There's that sense of familiarity with uh-huh. friends where you're smacking each other on the leg. Sure. Or, you know, your parents might text the, – the other's parents might text yeah. you. a voice memo to tell her to make sure your son stops dropping F-bombs. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a totally normal thing with buddies, good old pals. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> but, but it doesn't mean that we can't be really happy if that also means other things oh, as sure. well. I mean, listen, 
at one point when he – I mean, for, they were just teasing back and forth the whole time, okay? Oh, yeah. But, like, when he at one point is like, oh, wait, can we talk about last week? He's talking about episode 29. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this girl right here. Uh-huh. She knocked it out of the park. I mean, he – I mean, he was like, she killed it. She killed it. And she's like, thank you, Karim. And he keeps going. And she's like, Karim. And she's yeah. like, tell mom, thank you. Taste like you did him. Like, she's yeah. – and she's like trying to get him to stop and he just keeps going like she had it the hardest and she's like no you had and he's like all i had to do was stand there blankly <laughs> because so i lost funny he's oh, i lost my memory i just had to stand there <laughs> and she's like no you had to really sell it that like you didn't remember and he's like no you like <laughs> he's like listen he's even said like you're a main character i'm just like you're the main character i'm just like the side character to you. Mm-hmm. And then him being like, she is awesome. And then even his little sing song, she is awesome. Uh-huh. Like at the end when he's like singing about how awesome she is and she's getting so embarrassed and he just could not stop singing her praises. Then when they're reading questions and poor Karim really needs to read them in his head before he reads <laughs> some of these out loud. Um, but there was at one point where a question was asked that he was mumbling as he read it. Mm-hmm. And then he turns his head and looks at Hande for mm-hmm. what felt like 25 minutes. <laughs> as he like glances up and down <laughs> and then looks back and says, Hayir. Now, I consulted actual Turkish speakers because okay. people were speculating on what the question was. Mm-hmm. And... um. And so I was like, okay. And I was told by two different ones. It's mumbled, uh-huh. but he basically read the question like, would Karem forget the way Serkan did? Okay. That's what I thought it was. Uh-huh. That's and what the, I thought it was. Uh-huh. Like. I know. Uh, like, could you be more obvious, could sir? Could you be more <laughs> obvious? Like, imagine that in a Chandler Bing voice. Like. <laughs> Uh, Could you be more obvious? Uh-huh. <laughs> I and know. I'm like, listen, at this point, it feels like they're just trolling us. Hande posted oh, a series absolutely. of photos this morning of her and Mavi, her niece. Uh-huh. And she's holding her and she's in her new house, it seems like. Okay. Um, Because she just bought a house recently. Mm-hmm. And it seems like maybe she's waiting, for, like Mavi's there, but her sister and brother-in-law aren't yet. Because okay. the caption's something about asking where they are because Mavi and Honda are awake. Mm. And Karem's comment is just three flame emojis. <sighs> That's it. Just three flame emojis. <laughs> now, I also understand how insane it sounds to to sit here and research and look into meaning for emojis. <clears throat> right. But let's be real. What do what is the general consensus of what you use flame emojis for? You're calling somebody hot. Give me a stinking break. Mm-hmm. That give me, is – Give me uh-huh. a break. Uh-huh. He's not talking about the baby. Nope. He sure is not. <laughs> and nor and he's not just using his favorite, you know, two uh-huh. uh, end finger like rock, rock hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he could have yeah. put that. He just could have put three of those. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Is this one – I tweeted that um, – that scene from Friends uh, a couple days ago where I was like, this is what it's like watching a Han Care live. And it's the scene where they're like, wait, though, they don't know that we know they know oh, we yeah. know. 
And I'm like, that's what it feels like. So I'm like, are you guys just trolling us at this point? Because it's just so obvious. Because here's the thing. It is absolutely within your right to never confer. You could get married and have three kids. And if you still want to say, and if you still want to not ever acknowledge or officially state that you're together, that is well within your rights Mm -hmm. to do so. Yeah. The public is not – Entitled. Um, Entitled, Mm -hmm. yeah, to know what they do in their private lives. No, absolutely not. So, you know, we could technically know that they've been married for three years and see them walking around with their kids, but they still have every right to never publicly say that they're together. Like, Mm -hmm. that is – so I'm like, is this just one of those things where it's like, okay, so many people are like, this is so obvious that you guys are now just going to troll us because – that's what that whole life felt like. That's what that Instagram post felt like today. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like, is our ship really sailing? Like, uh, because, uh, listen, it's fun to ship, but always, always, always in the back of my mind, no matter how much, quote, proof there is, mm. the per- there is the logic in me that's like, listen, this is all fun. But the fact of the matter is – yeah. If they're not together, like, then I also won't be surprised. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if they're not together because, you know – we can when you really want to be convinced of something mm-hmm. you can start to find meaning within everything like him looking over at her before he answers a question about whether Serkan and or whether Karam would forget his love the way Serkan did mm-hmm. and he says no um, yeah you know it could have just been like a weird knee-jerk reaction to look over at her and do mm-hmm. that versus you know but the other part of me is like, well, or just you're so comfortable and familiar with each other that you forget you're being watched by hundreds of thousands of people. Right. And you're just – oh, sorry. Hit the mic stand. Um, And you're just doing these things without thinking and mm-hmm. then there's nothing you can do about it after the fact. So you just yeah. got to roll with it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> – Oh, anyways, that was just one of the best <laughs> lives ever, and I'm so grateful that. Did you love the extra added emoji commentaries yes, that came oh my with gosh, those? So funny. So yes, that is thanks to I. I make sure I credit them anytime I post it, but uh, I just want to give them a shout out here for uh, Zeki31 on Twitter and Freya underscore Deligibi on Twitter. They tag team and Mm -hmm. get these things translated and they're just so sweet that they're like oh we don't really have like insta or like youtube channels and stuff like but we're willing to translate stuff and then you can Mm -hmm. just post it for people um which is just so sweet because it is so much work translating you guys like everyone who does that like seriously people who subtitle you know scenes or episodes or interviews or lives all of that like whether they're just doing it in a thread on twitter whether they're actually subtitling these videos it's all so much work. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to shout out and thank all of you who do that because you don't have to. None of us are entitled to it. You owe us nothing. I know pretty much all of you do it in your free time and don't get paid for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we just love and appreciate that so much. So thank you really? for even making that possible for us to really fully get the full experience out of that Instagram live because it was the pick-me-up I definitely needed after this episode. Yeah. Um, because I was asleep when they actually went live, so I didn't get to watch it until after the fact. But I was kind of glad. Like, I was kind of glad I had that. Sorry, I just smacked it again. Um, I was kind of glad that I had that wonderful pick-me-up. I was like, well, okay, I would tweet two million tweets just for another one of these. So. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Well, honestly. So, anyways. Um, 
Anything else? Oh, let's just give a lovely shout out again to our anonymous subtitling friend. Yes. Um, I did tweet an entire thread uh, about those subtitles yesterday. Mm. So um, for people who want to use those subtitle files to mm-hmm. lay over the episodes to watch because it's a whole different watch experience. Um, and so I I wanted to make sure that everybody um, heard about it because I know not everybody who follows us on Twitter necessarily is caught up or even listens to the podcast and that's okay. Right. Um, so I did share that. And yeah, because, you know, he just wants people to be able to understand what's happening in the episodes and the fact Mm -hmm. that he's doing all this work i want people to benefit from it he's doing all this work for us every week so seriously just a huge 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 shout out and thank you um so you can find that thread on twitter also um you know we're gonna just we'll link the website that you can sign up at um Mm -hmm. in the episode notes from now on so i'll make sure that's in the episode notes for you to click on if you want to download these awesome subtitle files because that's how we watch now and it is so so helpful yeah um it just yeah it makes all the it makes the meaningful scenes mean more it makes the joking mm-hmm. scenes more understandable having things in context so i just want to make sure we give a huge shout out for that but um yeah i th- i think i purged everything do you feel like you you feel purged <laughs> yes i, I feel I like do. we we feel like we purged all the salt and petty out of us um yeah yeah i think so okay. i it, this Honestly, having the podcast as an outlet is, makes a big difference it, for me personally. I totally agree. I mean, I, I would – that's that's why I'm the quieter one as far as social media. Mm-hmm. I just save it all up for the podcast <laughs> and I purge it all here. I love it. I so love it though. I, it's, it's great uh, therapy for me. <laughs> I honestly agree. I mean like – and I know I've stated this before but, you know, between a live watch – Mm-hmm. And at least one, if not two, rewatches with subs and then actually recording, mm-hmm. I feel like I get to really organize my thoughts and feelings. So by the time the podcast recording comes, what I'm upset about might not be what I was upset about then. But then I'm like, well, this is actually really what it boils down to me being upset right. about because I got to kind of work through all of that um, over the course of the week. Mm-hmm. So um, – yeah, instead of just like – I think you even said this Saturday, like it's a good thing we're not recording like an emergency episode. <laughs> Honestly, because we would have just been pissed. Uh-huh. I know. We, it would have been just, just an been ugly episode. <laughs> inaudible screaming. <laughs> <laughs> like that music Sarkon plays for Edda to keep her awake at the mountain house. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. That's that would have been, been the whole episode. So, Yeah. And of course, I like to just, yeah, like I said, let it kind of settle or like really go, okay, well, what about this? Like, you know, after that whole fire scene didn't pay off, I was super pissed, like, which I'm still not happy about it. But now being like, I've watched it. Okay. But Celine like poisoned him and manipulated mm-hmm. him. So of like, I had more understanding for like why he did it. So, right. but then the stuff that I really remained mad about, I was like, well, I feel justified in remaining mad about this because now I've watched it three times and I'm still mad about it. Like yeah. the yellow dress. Um, yep. So. Yeah. Anyhow, anyway. but I think anyways, we, I think we purged good enough. Yes, we did. So, uh, sorry guys, it's shorter than normal, but we gave you uh, an extra long episode last week. So <laughs> I feel like it's you. balanced out. <laughs> Poor Type A people. Two I, hours and fifty nine minutes. I, I know. <laughs> Everyone was like, "Uh, you couldn't have just talked for like thirty more seconds." <laughs> 
sorry. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. Uh, but anyway, so I'm actually surprised we went for two hours, but I that's because of the live, the Instagram yeah. live chit chat. But I like ending on that adorable <laughs> haunt care happy note. So yeah. anyways, um, you know, like every week, you guys, links to pretty much everything you need is in the, are in the episode notes, uh, merchandise store, uh, subtitle files from our lovely anonymous angel, um, social media where you can find us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. all in the notes. And um, yeah, are you live watching on Saturday? To the best of my ability, yeah. Okay. Because Eric's working, so I'll be on. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'll probably be out of state unless yet another thing <laughs> comes up. <laughs> um, so I should be live watching with you all too. So Okay. Anyways, cool. all right, you guys. Well, thank you for sticking around with us. I hope you have a lovely rest of your Thursday or Friday, depending on where you are in the world. And uh, yeah, we'll see you this weekend because I'm sure we'll have plenty of more feelings when the new episode airs. So until next time. Go to shittoos. Post to call. <laughs>